0: all right everyone that is our parasha this week um and it's all about the mitzvah to make the koanim effective in the beta midash and specifically in order to do the they need to have a set of clothing which is unique to them and uh this of course gives us an opportunity to uh focus on the nature of clothing in general and uh Apply, apply certain uh, lessons that we can learn from the idea of clothing um, from this particular cedra. And in fact, we can cross into Purim as well. So um, I actually came across a wonderful little essay um, that was published um, online by the OU. And I think now it's uh, turned into actually a, a safer. But there was a, there was a Rav that I met many years ago in Baltimore, uh, his, his name was Rabbi uh, Tzviush Weinreb. and he writes a, a book called uh, "Person in the Parsha." Uh, he's um he's really he's you know he's he's a trained psychologist, and um, his 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 abilities to draw psychological insights out of uh, anything, or but specifically the Parsha, uh, is really fantastic. And uh, so the Safer has been published recently. Um, but anyway, he wrote he wrote a he wrote a on this week's poetry, he wrote a, a little essay about the concept of uh, what we know the phrase as "clothes maketh the man," and uh, he at one stage was thinking to to write a, to do a thesis on it, but his supervisor um, didn't think too much of it, and he he went on to write something else. But uh, as he writes in the essay, he writes that he. Uh, he really he was upset about it he really wanted to do it and he, he had his time over he'd uh, he thought it would make a great essay he um the interesting he tells us where this particular phrase comes from that clothes maketh a man so he he uh he cites that um it's actually uh, a priest a, the- a theologian a guy by the name of uh Desiderius Erasmus uh he he uh, he was a Catholic priest, and uh, he basically wrote in Latin, vestus virum facet, which means clothes make up the man. And uh, this was before I think uh, possibly Shakespeare got it from him, but apparently it found finds its way into into Hamlet that the apparel oft proclaims the man. So here we have an opportunity to to uh, zoom in on this particular concept of the nature of of, of of clothing, and uh Tzaveh, out of all of them, um, focuses on the fact that Aaron had eight special begadim, and the average uh, the average kohen had, had four unique begadim, and uh, we know from the from the Gemara and uh, the way the Rambam codifies the halacha tells us that um, there's no such thing as a kohen being able to do the avodah in the Beit Hamikdash. Unless, unless a person uh, has the big day kahuna him, uh, because somehow without, you know, you would think that it wouldn't make such a difference. I mean, the clothing is sort of like an outer vestment, but at the end of the day, you part of the day has to be done with uh, the big day kahuna. In fact, um, one of the big technicalities that exists in our uh, generation today that probably prevents us from actually getting into the nature of Avodah, now that we have access to Yerushalayim and, you know, I guess a little bit of access to the Temple Mount, but even around there, you know, there's always questions of bihalochah what, uh, you know, when would it be possible? How long would we have to wait until it'd be possible to do the Avodah there? So, you know, put politics aside, but one of the big issues is to be able to try and make these, uh, these big lakuhuna, because without it, um you know most of the avodah is impossible to to uh, to affect so um bottom line is is that the way the halacha uh, works with this concept is is that the nature of clothing is very much part and parcel of the actual halakhic avodah itself and um and therefore to be seen more than just a uh, a way to protect yourself from uh, from the from the elements and um it's interesting to note that in different cultures you start to see uh even in the, the nature of language of how one we d- how we describe the concept of clothing you know one one sees this come out quite uh, explicitly as well uh and that is that um there's a there's a there's a rishon or i guess an early achron who's known as uh Akedat it's a work that uh, is written by rabbi Rama, and uh he um he makes the following comment. He says that um the way one describes the concept of uniform in the army, uh one normally refers to it in Hebrew as uh, as madim, uh madim or mud, um, you know, in my day aliph, bet. It's all it's all it's all about the uniform, and that's the nature of the word uniform. So this rabbi uh, about Arama, the says that the word the word midah character trait um, is closely related, and uh, and one needs to know that when one wears a set of clothing, it it describes it telegraphs a message, and uh, it describes the nature of the person. It doesn't just, as I say, um, you know, clothe you and protect you from the elements. It's uh, it's actually got a message, and. Um, and he makes he makes note that even among, uh, you know, the Christian world, so to speak, in Latin, um, the word habitus, you know, which refers to a garment that the nuns wear, a nun's habit, and and uh, the concept of a good character trait being a good habit, you start to see the parallel in the language. Uh, bottom line is, is that um, people think that you shouldn't judge a book by its cover, but the truth be told, Is that you can see from a person's external appearance as to whether, as to what he holds dear, and so if you tell somebody, you know, that you want them to dress a certain way, it's going to represent which, which, you know, the hierarchy of midot that you hold uh, dear to you. Um, And so this, uh, you know, this concept you should you should look through all Tanakh to see every time we talk about clothing, and you'll see that the idea of midot values and clothing. Are so closely related; it's phenomenal. Um, there's a um, the Avtora that we read on Parshat Balotcha, It's also the Haftorah on uh, on on Shabbos Chanukah. Uh, there's a there's an interesting story that uh, that the Navi Zechariah relates. Um, he has a, he, he receives a prophecy from Akosh Baruchu that he has to go and tell um, a certain Kohen Gadol by the name of Yoshua. Uh, he, he has to he has to motivate Yeshua to um, to come along and 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 rekickstart the the avodah in the newly built second Beit Hamikdash. So, in the in the third par per, of Zechariah, what happens is is that um, Akosh Baruch tells tells him to go and find Yeshua Kohen Gadol, and when it, and when the Torah the Nach describes Yeshua Kohen Gadol, it says that Yeshua Kohen Gadol was clothed in dirty garments um, when he stood before before the angel, and um, and and now the angel tells uh, tells uh, the people that are around Yoshua Kohen Gadol. He says, you know, you know. He says you have to remove the the soiled garments off him, and um, and the, and then the pasuk continues to say, you see, I've removed your guilt from you. So the Shem explained what was going on there as to what, as to what happened with Yeshua Kohen, Gadol. and that is that when Ezra and Nehemiah uh, went back to oversee the rebuilding of the second Beit Amikdash, Nehemiah goes first, Ezra comes later um, but when they're about to restart the Avodah and the Beit Amikdash they need to find uh, Kohanim who haven't defiled themselves. Now, there's one thing to defile yourself um, and, and, you know, and become Tameh um, and have those problems, but there's something else when the kohen gadol or the kohen um, has within his family people who've married out. And uh, what what was happening in those generation in that generation was that people married, you know, that quasi converted people without doing it properly, and there were a lot of intermarried kohanim. And it's one thing for a regular Israel to be intermarried, you know, but but for a kohen. Besides the big issue of intermarriage, but your status as a kohen, especially as a kohen gadol, is impacted by the fact that you are you're a, you know, you're defiled as a result of that, and you can't uh, you know you can't function in the Beit Hamikdash. So Ezra called everybody together and gave this huge drasha and motivated a whole tshuva movement. And part of the tshuva was look either convert your wives properly or divorce them. But bottom line is this this state of uh, of being con can't, can't continue. And so the Mephoshim explained that um, when the Malach is telling Yoshua Kohen Gadol to take the filthy garments off him uh, and he tells him that he's removed his guilt, what what it means is is that Yoshua Kohen Gadol had children who had who had married out. and as a result of that, he thought that he wouldn't be able to ever serve as a Kohen Gadol in, in the Beit amidash And of Baruch was sort of telling him that your kids will do tshuva and uh, it'll be okay. And that's exactly what this metaphor is, is that by removing these dirty clothes, refer, referring to the kids' intermarried wives, either by converting them or divorcing them, uh, he now became Tawhur again, so to speak, in this area to be able to serve as uh, as the Kohen Gadol. So. Again, you see this this uh, this concept of how clothing really represents you know what a person is all about and what, what message they're giving to those around them. And so um in order to really appreciate the nature of of this concept of Begadim, um you uh, you, you need to you need to go back um you know all the way to Ghanaian to try and realize. How sensitive this particular topic is. Um, Nechama Leibovitz basically makes a comment in her Peirush where she says if you think about um, all the developments, the technological advances that mankind has made, everything had to be done on their own, obviously with a little bit of help from Akosh Baruchu. Um, but even the discovery of, of fire, Akosh Hu helps, but Adam has to make it himself, you know um when it's all the tools to farm so in noach generation you know they 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 were able to sort of develop tools um the concept anything was was all was all um was all had to be discovered by the human beings themselves but it's interesting that there's one entity which came straight directly from a to mankind and and this was the concept of clothing so as we know in Adam and Chava, um, sinned in Gnhana, and um, this is exactly what happened. As they sinned, uh they they, um, they found that they that they uh, were naked. They felt that their that their whole entire being was vulnerable um, because of the hate. and um, and as a result, of course, Barucho wanted to demonstrate to them that uh, the nature of clothing and how it's uh, it, it'll cover you, it will, in a sense, cover your your shame, and um, and in that regard, the nature of uh, you know of clothing becomes something which, in a sense, um, is part and parcel of the midot of a you know of of an, of an individual. Now, one of the interesting things about the begadim of the coin uh, in uh, in the Beit Hamidrash is that. There, there are certain begadim, you know, which violate the the chok of shatnays. So in vaikra yutet, the pasuk tells us, you know, that you have to at chukotay Moru, and it tells us again, you know, it warns us against um, uh, cross-breeding animals, um, and it and it uh, then warns us against kilayim in the field, kilayah kerem. Which is a specific type of kilaim, grapes and wheat. And then there's kilaya azraim, which is like uh, regular vegetables. So you can't you can't like just um, plant a row of tomatoes and next to it a row of carrots without there being enough of a space between the two species. And um, at the end of course of this particular discussion, you know, in safer um the divarium, there we are warned about wearing Shatnei. So, um, the obvious question that we need to work with is this concept of Shatnei, which is so absurd to us, um, how does it, you know, why did Akash Baruch override the Chok and allow it to be, or command it to be part and parcel of the Avodah in the in in the Beit Hamikdash. Now, when you think about the Beit Hamikdash in general, this question extends a little bit further, and that is, you know, the golden calf, the Egel Azahav, was um, one of the worst moments of Amisrael as a collective, and as part of the kapora, the atonement for it, we have to we commanded by Baruch to build a, a Mishkan, and um, and 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 in the Mishkan, you know, we. Uh, we get to make uh Avoida Zoro like kruvim, And the only way to explain it or to to justify the fact that um you know it wasn't in violation of Avoida Zoro was because Akash Baruch Hu commanded it. But there's a very, very fine line um as to as to how we look at these in the kruvim in the bait in the in the, in the, in the Kodesh HaKodesh, on top of the Aram Kodesh. Uh, and so there is often our ironies here within the the way the beta Migdash works and it's looking to try and create opportunities for tshuva and uh, and, and a demonstration of of how we can uh, achieve a closeness to and so the same thing is true over here when it comes to the big day kahuna and the nature of of the Chok of shatman you know um disappearing in front of it um so what we need to do is to look at a number of Mephoshim who point out, you know, what, uh, even though it's a chok and a chanami, so it's hard to find um, uh, a, a way of of, of justifying it uh, logically. But in the end of the day, there are, the Rambam always encourages us that even if it's a chok in, uh, in essence, but there are still uh, philosophical ideas and Musar uh, Haskel to learn um, out of these particular to ticu- particular do- do- uh, denim and so many of them, for a number of them, uh, look at the concept of um, of and uh, and I and I interpret as follows: that uh, when you look at the concept of wool and linen, so wool basically is, is representative of the animal kingdom because it comes from an animal, uh, whereas linen represents. Uh, the category of vegetables that comes from the ground and uh this th- these two categories the animal kingdom and uh and 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 the so-called uh, vegetation they represented two characters in the story of um, of uh of of, of our history of, of, Jew- of, of universal history and that is kine and hevel uh kine and hevel basically um come to blows over this experience where uh, Kain was a farmer and Hevel was, as you know, a shepherd. And each one of them brought a korban to Akush Baruch And um, the idea that this, 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 in a sense, started off, uh, it, was a, it was almost a, a natural inclination of, of the human being to come close to Akush Baruch by offering something that, to Hashem that meant something to them. Um, and and that that concept of bringing a korban was acute at that point in time. Um, and this is exactly what the concept of korban is supposed to do. You know, korban is basically to bring people closer to Koshbarku. You know, so what happened? kain brought Priyadama. Um, he, he, he brought some vegetables, right? As a mincha to Koshbarku. And then Hevel, he brought something uh, from you know, he brought a sheep. And um, and for some reason, Akosh Baruch Hu, uh, accepts Hevel's korban and rejects, uh, you know, Cain's korban. Uh, the the Torah sort of gives a kind of a hint um, when it says that Hevel brought mibchorot uh, sonor u'meichel bayen. he he brought he brought animals, but it, it, it's animals of a high quality, and therefore, Kosh Baruch Hu accepted this, this, uh, you know, this korban from. From he felt that Hevel was genuine, and somehow Cain, um, apparently, uh, it 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 was understood that somehow Cain fell here because he uh, he brought something maybe just to, maybe for the sake of bringing as opposed to a real genuine relationship, and therefore, what he brought wasn't. It wasn't that compared to Hevel's. It was not good. Maybe even within his own offering, he could have brought the best of his vegetables that he had. You know, somehow, Kosh Baruch was able to determine, um, you know, what happened over the year. Now, as a result of of this unfortunate scenario, um, the fires of jealousy were, you know, were lit, and um, eventually, Cain Cain overcomes Hevel and he and and, and he kills him. And so, yeah, what happens is is that um, you've got you've got uh, two korbanot, one from the vegetable world, one from the animal kingdom, and um, this idea that kine offered vegetables. So the the Zohar, the, the Midrash, um, you can find it in a number of places. Uh, I saw it in the writings of the of the Gaon Vilna. Um the midrash actually tells you that the vegetables represented or the vegetables were uh the product that that Kain actually offered up was was linen um and uh and and, and so this is uh, the concept of of Hevel coming with with uh, with from his flock was wool so it's interesting that at that point in time uh we 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 have to try we have to understand that bringing wool and linen together is only possible when there's a kind of respect for Kain and Havel both having respect for each other. But the fact that they have the exact opposite and Kain murders Hevel, so it's it, it, it kind of the Chok is trying to tell us that all of our troubles throughout all of history are a result of the fact that we can't bring the, the wool and the linen you know, together. We um, we are living. We aren't able. The kapora of that aveira hasn't yet been uh, fully atoned for. Um, so, again, when you look at when you look at uh, the way that that um, what was happening over here, one has to try and work out what actually did Kain do wrong. Like what what does the midrash tell us that um, you know that 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 he did? What was, what was the biggest issue? Um, anyway, the Midrash explains that, that this, as we said, this hook of shatnez was introduced as a result of this particular, uh, this, this, this fight between Kain and Hevel and Hevel's murder. Um, so there was something obviously wrong with Kain's Korban. Um, and, and, uh, and yeah, this is something really interesting. Um, when, 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 uh, well, when we look at the Zohar, the Zohar has a, a shocking statement. But you might be familiar with this uh, from general knowledge. But the Zohar, the Zohar teaches over the following: that when the Nachash, uh, you know, enticed Chava to sin, the Nachash was uh, consumed with jealousy, um, jealous of Chava, she or he, whatever the Nachash was. Sounds like the Nachash was. A male of sorts, but uh, didn't have an Ashama like we know, kind of a humanoid or, or such, you know. So, yeah, what happened was is that um, when when Adam and, and Chava, you know, ate from the Aitzadat, it's kind of like a they they inherited down uh, this this hate travels da, down down um, the DNA, and um, the 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 this idea that the Nachash came along and got Chava into a twist. Um, according to the czar, the Nahash actually raped Chava. And um, whether you hold it went that far or it was just kind of behavior, um, but the bottom line is is that the poison of the Nachash uh, runs through Kain. The DNA is transferred, you know, to Cain, and that's why Cain had such a, a Yetzirah, you know, through um, as opposed to as opposed to Hevel, who who never internalized this from the beginning. So Kain it's almost like it's almost like Cain was, um, I don't know, maybe he was, you know, it almost wasn't his fault anyway. there's a certain element of it that was that was coming back from you know from the from the Nahash. Um, but anyway, at the end of the day is that Cain as the inheritor of this uh, terrible DNA, Eventually becomes the 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 original uh, repository of evil in the human race, and eventually gives birth through Cain's line. Amalek comes to to uh, in, into existence, and um, of course, as we know, with Purim around the corner, Parshat Tezaveh. Whenever it's not a leap year, Tezaveh houses Parshat Zachor, that's always read the week before Purim, and uh, and Haman is basically an extension of of this problem you know uh haman haman is an outgrowth the concept of haman uh, is an outgrowth of the hate of uh, of consuming the eight sadat when they weren't supposed to and so the midah of Kina, this character trait of jealousy that infected uh that came from the the nachash into kain tra- you know travels all the way down the line until eventually you start to see it in the purim story too that that Haman was basically jealous you know of, of of Mordechai and um just as the as the Nahash looked to kill Adam and take Hava uh Cain looks to murder Hevel and Haman is is is, 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 uh, is, is ready to, to to murder the entire uh, Jewish race um you know this is exactly what uh, what comes as a result of this particular story um Anyway, it's interesting that in, in next week's sedra in Parashat Kitisa, you have a hint to Mordechai, who, of course, is the defense against Haman. And uh, the Gemara in Khulin Daf Kufla Matet asks, you know, Mordechai minatora you know, where do, where do you find a, a hint to Mordechai? So the Targum on the Pasuk that deals with the, the ingredients of the of the Ketoret says, Mar deror, uh, and the translation in Aramaic is, you know, miradachia you know which is which is basically mordechai so it's a you know somehow through the ketoret concept we we get a mordechai and out of the eitzadat gone wrong nachash concept you know we get a we get a haman um and of course the ketoret represents mordechai meaning that mordechai is the you know represents the concept of sanhedrin of the beta mikdash of all those things that we hold uh, to be holy and um And as a result of this, um, Mordechai, uh, it's interesting, he also has this, um, Mordechai is also involved with clothes on a a serious level in the nature of the story of Purim. And so it's almost like as if Mordechai was kind of the, even though he's from bin Binyamin, but bottom line is, it's um, the, the, the idea that Mordechai was dressed up in the royal garb, it's almost like Mordecai represented kind of the Kohen Gadol in the story over there, even though he wasn't um, actually a, a Kohen. But bottom line is it's an echo of this particular story. Now, you find that that the Achishveirosh is also into clothes. The whole Megillah tells you, you know, he shows off his wealth. Um, you know, this idea of, of, uh, of, of showing off his entire wealth, a lot of it was about... Um, you know, his, his, uh, the Gomorrah comes along and interprets what happened over here. But what, what he wanted to demonstrate was that the Beit HaMikdash would not be rebuilt. And the way that he he wanted to demonstrate that is that he got dressed into the, you know, the, the, the most uh, valuable piece of clothing he owned, which is according to Rabbi Yossi Bar Khanina in the Gomorrah and Megillah, if you'd bet the Gomorrah that says that he put on the big day kahuna. That was, you know, that is your current eret kudula ato. Um, playing on the on the words, you know, the, in in the Sedra, in Pasha Tetzave, when the Kohen Gadol puts on the clothes, it's lechavodut tiferet or Uh So yeah, Kavod and tiferet are, are played with again in the story of uh, you know of Purim, and that's how the Drosha works. That he put on the you know that he put on the clothes um, to demonstrate that he had he had uh, he had won the war so to speak against. Um, you know, against the Jews, and that they wouldn't ever go back to setting up the Beit amidash and having Kohenim Gedolim or Kohenim in general being functionaries in the Beit amidash So that's why he put on the the, the big day Kahuna, um, because it was a kind of a celebration for him that um, that that you know he, he had won the war against uh, against Amishong. The Beit amidash, uh was basically uh, the project to rebuild it was was null and void. Okay, so this is you know a little bit of. Of parallelisms, yeah, that exist uh, that ex- that exist here within the story. Um, so the midrashim try and give you this ability to see uh, how the how clothing, in general, sort of plays its well, way into the you know into the story a little bit of uh, of Purim as well. Now, Parashat Tzaveh describes the clothing worn in the Beit Hamikdash, and you know, and uh, and what it's meant to do. Says the Gomorrah, is that each each aspect of one's clothing, uh, or every kli in the Beit Hamidrash, uh, represents a value, and so the idea behind it is is that shatnez is a reminder of the the confusion that took place in the in the in the days of old, and um, and therefore you can only bring uh, wool and linen together when you have an environment. Um, which which is which does tshuva for that, and so if we can if we can create a a Beit which is the the so-called focal point for everybody, and and if it's standing, it represents the unity that exists within within Yisrael. So therefore, it kind of represents the idea that there's a kind of a tshuva taking uh, taken place, and uh, and therefore, uh, the Beit Hamikdash is the house of unity. Yehudah and Binyamin are brought together in the Beit Hamikdash, uh, which brings Rachel and Leah back together again, and uh, and as a result of of this, then even Cain and Hevel can exist side by side, and uh, and this is, this 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 concept of bringing the Amishal together and creating unity as a kaporah for what happened in Gan um, can be seen through Mordechai and Esther because what they really ended up doing. Um, was that number one? Their genes, you know. Ish Yehudi, Aya, You know who's Mordechai? He comes from Benyair, Ben Shimi, Ben Kish, Ish Um So, in the end of the day, Mordechai is, is actually from both sides. He comes from Yehuda and from uh, and from Benyamin. So he represents a kind of coming together of uh, of the two Shvatim, Rachel and Leah, uh, in 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 peace as well. Um, you know Mordechai and Esther. In the end of the day, they are they are known well for some of the comments that you find in the in the Megillah. Lech Yudim. go and gather all the people together. Only that way can we, uh, you know, can we defend ourselves against, uh, against the against the the threat. And so, in the end of the day, this is really a um, uh, a kind of a Musar Haskel that 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 the clothes um and what they represent go back to the the very beginning of time and um we in jewish tradition we try and somehow educate ourselves by looking at this particular co- the concept of begadim um to try and see a, a pathway back to uh to to the Beit and uh, the reunification of of all of our shvatim and the the concept of tshuva um I don't have to uh, even push the point, but uh, you know, we we're living in a society where you can see this so explicitly. I mean, it's like ridiculous. If uh, you know, Deborah was telling me that, that that she's running a bat mitzvah program, and uh, last week they asked the girls that were they were going to take the girls into shul and show them, you know, the own kodesh, Tefra Torah. They were going to show them the bima, the concept of a mechitza. And uh, that's part of the bat mitzvah, bat mitzvah program. Anyway, they, she sent out a, a message saying, will you please uh, consider the fact that we're going into shul and dress appropriately? Um, and tucker, they did. This particular group of girls were were really sensitive. Um, but, you know, so they came in, you know, okay, the, the skirts weren't exactly uh, full length skirts, but they were better than the regular shorts that they would normally wear to the bat mitzvah program every Sunday, which means that, People naturally have an inclination to understand that if you're going into a holy place, you have to dress in a certain way. You don't find people walking down Oxford Street in the Mardi Gras wearing, uh, you know, modest clothing. No one wears a capote and a shrinal down there. Right? You know what I'm saying? Like, why, why not? Well, because the, the kind of the begadim that we are used to wearing, uh, even those of us who are, so to speak, uh, more modern in the sense that we wear a, a, a shirt and a, a pair of pants, the idea behind it is to wear. Is to wear something that, that that telegraphs the fact that we are sanua in what we want to achieve. To go and wear next to nothing, you know. What? Wh- why is it they wear next to nothing? Everything is like shining like a, a red district. You know, it, it, everything is like there's hardly anything there. It's Like the clothing is batel You know, there's nothing there, and it's all like lights. And why? Because the message they're giving is like. You know, sexuality without boundaries. You know, don't tell me what to do, don't don't contain me, don't uh, don't don't give me boundaries. There's no concept of kedusha whatsoever. You can't find kedusha in 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 a setting where you where you publicly where you publicly just flaunt every bit of you and saying it's you know it's my body. I'll do what I want. This is the this is exactly the the Haskell that you you can see the message coming coming so so fast and furious. It's like it's 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 sad to see because clothing tells you what message you want to telegraph to your to yourself to your kids to your society. This is the nature of 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 why it is that uh, you know it, it's so much part of who we are. The concept of clothing that um, we don't appreciate, you know, what what uh, what, it, what it what it says to everybody about about who we are. Anyway, this is part and parcel of a, a much bigger discussion, but I think that um, at least the concept. Of uh, big day kahuna and Pasha titsave allows us to discuss this particular the issue on in all its different uh, in all different facets. Um so whether it be you know the, the message that you give our we give to society about who we are and what we represent and the hierarchy of our, our values on the one hand, or trying to at the same time, you know, heal the rifts between people and uh, do tshuva on the on the on the very concept of uh, the murder of Kain and Hevel through the idea of of big day kuna is uh, is something which is um extracted from the, the deeper dimensions of these uh of these begadim. All right, so I'll I'll leave it there and wish you a great Shabbos and hope you are all well. And um we'll see you next time. Thanks very much, Have a good Okay, nice to see you, eh? Okay, okay.